0: everyone. You're listening to Ed Young Radio, Ed Pastors Fellowship Church, and we want to thank you for listening with us. These next few minutes together can change your life, and you can always hear more by visiting edyoung.com. Enjoy the message. Am I the only one, or sometimes do you ever look around and go, man, am I the only person who hasn't taken my crazy pills? It's crazy on the freeways. Our, our, our world is going crazy with crazy terrorists blowing themselves up. The economy's gone crazy and there's crazy movies and we just live in a crazy world. Everything is crazy. Maybe you're like, well, you know what? I just got back from the holidays and I spent a lot of time with my crazy relatives. (laughs) What a perfect opportunity to attend a series that I can sort of uh, get some help and some fast temporary relief from the aches and pains of craziness. Well, all of us we're gonna find out are crazy. And over the next little while, we're gonna talk about two types of crazy. There is a good crazy, say good crazy. Good crazy, yeah, there's a good crazy. We should be good and crazy. And the Bible talks about this. That's right, the scriptures talk about having and being crazy in a good way. I'll give you an example. Tim Tebow, you heard of him? because he's crazy for God. He's thinking about others. He's going on mission trips. It's not about him. Wow, that's a shocker in today's culture, especially in the world of athletics. Jesus was crazy, is crazy, a good crazy. It, it, it's crazy to become a follower of Christ. The apostle Paul was crazy, and he challenges us to be crazy for God, so there's a good crazy. But today, though, we're talking about another kind of crazy. We're, we're talking about a crazy, crazy. I'm talking about a crazy that's whack, that's loco, that's skewed. I'm talking about a crazy where you're like, hey, man, uh, 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 the light's on, but nobody's home. Your elevator doesn't go to the top floor. You don't have all the line on your reel. I'm talking about that kind of crazy. Because if you think about it, sanity left our world when sin entered the human equation. Sanity left our world when Adam and Eve took the bite out of the apple. That's crazy. Crazy. But but the question that that begs to be answered is how do we know if we're dealing with a crazy person? How do you know if you're dealing with somebody who swallowed a crazy pill? Well, I'm glad you asked because I've spent a lot of time researching craziness. After all, I'm in the ministry and I see good crazy. And I also see crazy, crazy, because the church attracts crazy people. Did you know that? Like bloody barracuda attracts tiger sharks, the church attracts crazy people. So over the last several decades, I've collected some traits, some qualities of people who've swallowed a crazy pill. You know you're talking to a crazy, crazy, and from this time forward, I'm talking about crazy, crazy, all right? You know you're talking to a crazy person when, number one, the first characteristics, they got those crazy eyes. Now, the Bible says in the book of Proverbs, the eyes are the windows of our soul. Watch out for those crazy eyes. Number two, you know you're talking to a crazy person when they're always playing the God card. God told me, wow, I got a word from God. Whoa, really? I talked to him this morning. He didn't tell me that. (laughs) Number three, a crazy person is a name dropper. One time I went fishing with somebody who's a crazy, crazy, and they dropped over a 100 names during one fishing trip. I was just laughing to myself. I'm like, this guy's crazy. Number four, crazy people are one-up men. Hey, I just got back from from a vacation in in the Virgin Islands oh really, I just got back from a two-week cruise on a yacht in the Fiji Islands and this is Bill Gates' yacht. <laughs> Number five, crazy people will dial you up. They'll, they'll, they'll blow your phone up. They're a conversation's best friend or an email's best friend or a text's best friend. They'll just, I mean, they'll wear you out, man. Number six, oh, this, this is so good. I, I gotta sit down on this one. Number six, they ask advice, but they don't take it. Uh, that, I, I, this is like therapy to me. Please, please, let me just talk. Let me talk because many of you are, 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 are engaging in this service here by the miracle of technology. You're in Dallas, you're in Plano you're in Fort Worth, you're in Miami. People are going to watch this online uh, podcast. It's going to be on television all over the world. But let 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 me just tell you something. I have dealt with so many people that have sought my advice. Why? Because I'm a pastor and I know a little bit about scripture. And they say, well, Ed, what about my marriage? And I've told them, not my opinion, but what the Bible says about marriage. What about my family? I've told them what the Bible says about parenting. What about my resources? What the Bible says about resources? What about my career? Here's what, what about God's will? And I've told them, and I've tried, and I've cried, and I've prayed, and I've played with them. But many times they do the exact opposite. Whoa. Opposite of what I'm saying. And then you can identify, too. You're like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, Ed, i, I got those people in my life, too. They're crazy. Wow. And we're going to see all of these traits during this series. This is going to be unbelievable. I had this idea for this series about two years ago. I just haven't preached it because God has not led me to do it until today. Number seven, crazy people are always talking about themselves. I, 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 me, 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 my, 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 I, I, I me, 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 my, my, that, That's a good thing that I try to do regularly because I don't want to go crazy either. I think about my conversation, Am I'm always talking about I, I, me, me, my, my, my. Whoa. Watch out, because we, we, we can all swallow a crazy pill. Number eight, crazy people, I love this, don't have a filter, and they pride themselves in it. You know, I just, I just say what's on my mind. I don't want to know what's on your mind. If you're always saying what's on your mind, you are Crazy don't have a filter. Whoa, man, you better bolt. Number nine, this is true. Crazy people usually have this one issue they lock on to. I mean, like 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 a pit bull. Like crazy people. You know how we can attract a bunch of crazy people here at Fellowship Church? If I did a series on the end times, if I did a series on the end times for about six weeks, crazy people love prophecy. We would bring in every crazy person in Dallas-Fort Worth and in Miami if we did and promoted a series on prophecy. And it would hurt the normal people. The normal people couldn't get in because all the crazy people would sit here and take all the seats. (laughs) Everything's prophecy. Hey, crazy person, if you're into prophecy, the Bible says he's coming back and we win. That's all we need to know. And I'll... (laughs) I'll do another series on prophecy, but I'm not going to promote it because all the crazy people will show up. One issue people. I mean, I'll have the opportunity to speak around the world, and crazy people are everywhere. They're in South Africa, in London, where I've just been. They're definitely out in California. They're out in Australia, and they always have one issue. Uh, You failed to mention abortion. Yeah, about pornography. I'm like, what? That's all they talk about. There's other things to talk about than pornography and abortion and prophecy, Woo, this is therapy. Again, this helps me. Number 10, (laughs) crazy people are space invaders. They'll get in your kitchen. It's like, wow, you know, just a little bit too close for comfort. Talked to a crazy person a couple weeks ago, just a little bit too close, you know, those eyes. (laughs) Number 11, this is fun, isn't it? You know you're talking to a crazy person when they dress in the full uniform of the team they're cheering for. (laughs) Now, you go to a Cowboys game and see somebody in a headgear, shoulder pads, stay away from them. I might add some more. Number 12, we're having fun. You know you're talking to a crazy person when they enjoy their dysfunction. Their craziness. They're, they're sort of defined by their bad marriage or their difficulty in parenting or the economy being so bad and they've lost 40% of their retirement. Oh, wow. They just, they just love it. They enjoy the craziness. They, they live in crazy acres. And they don't know they're crazy because they live in crazy acres and everybody around them is crazy. Crazies attract crazies. I'll tell you another one. This would be what, 13, right? 13? 13. Let me stop at 13. You know you're talking to a crazy person when the crazy person has crazy pets. (laughs) If your dog or cat is jacked up, (laughs) hey, Again, I'm talking about crazy, crazy, not good crazy. Crazy, crazy. Do we have any crazies in the house? Okay. Here's what happens. Are you ready for this? When we become a follower of Christ. And I'm going to support this. You're going to see as we get into this. This is going to be an in-depth study. And let me say something, too. We have a Saturday night service that starts at 6 p.m. right here. And I normally... I'm starting to preach longer and more detailed on Saturday night to, to, to kind of give you a, a more in depth of what I'm preaching about. It's also an opportunity to bait you from Sunday to Saturday because we need your seat. You can tell. So if you want to come Saturday, I'll speak about 10 minutes longer in, in more detail. But, and it's not going to be online, but we do that on Saturday. Anyway, anyway, you become a believer. We have many people who are followers of Christ. You become a Christian. And let's say you're not a believer. We welcome you to Fellowship Church. Here's what's going to happen to you when you become a believer. And, and you've never seen this before. Uh, there's no way you've seen this before because I have, have, again, polled and talked to thousands of people about this subject. And, and everyone, theologians, pastors, Christian Christians, Psychotherapists agree with what I want to tell you, but I've I've never revealed this before. When you become a believer, right, you are born again, you've received Jesus into your life, you've turned from your sins, right, and you basically said, you know what, you're God and I'm not. God, you're sovereign and I'm not. That's what makes us a believer and that's what makes us a good crazy. God, you're sovereign and I'm not. We go insane, we go crazy, crazy when we say, Hey, I'm sovereign God and you're not. You wanna go crazy? Start worshiping yourself. Wow, that'll make you crazy. People say, I'm self sufficient. Think about how stupid that is. Self sufficient, there's no such thing as being self sufficient, self is not sufficient. If self were sufficient, then we wouldn't worry about getting the approval and the applause of others around us. <laughs> self is not made to be worshiped. We become believers, and here's what the devil does. Let me, let me draw a picture of the devil. You, you want to see the devil? Here, here, here's a picture of the devil. There's the devil. The first thing the devil does is whoo! Woo! He he, he has that rubber arm, wham! He throws 10 crazy people around our lives. These are the concentric circles of craziness. 10 crazy people, 10 whack people, 10 people who were loco around a Christian's life. So I'll put 10 crazies. It's getting quiet because you're going, whoa. I'm a believer, and I'm surrounded by crazy people. Think about Jesus. He had to deal with all the crazy people, the scribes and Pharisees. That's a whole nother message. He had to confront those crazy people. Well, the devil puts 10 crazies around every believer's life. That's the second concentric circle of craziness. The third one, oh, you'll love this. The third one would be the normal people. And let's call them GC, good crazy, the normal people. I should spend the lion's share of my time, I should give the most offensive energy to the normal people. But guess what? i got to get around the crazy people to get to the good crazy people. And we waste time, believers, I'll say it again, playing and praying, crying and trying to change them. We give them books. We pray for them. We fast for them. We encourage them to get counseling. But here's the deal. They'll be as crazy 20 years from now as they are today. You're wasting your time. They're messing you up. They are stalling you and stymieing you and keeping you from what you should be doing. I'm not saying that we don't deal with them that we don't give them some time. Jesus did. We've got to spend the lion's share of our time with the normal people, those people who are far away from God, who need our influence, and those people who are believers that we should be drawn to. But stay away from the crazies. And next time, we're going to learn how to confront the crazy people in our lives. Wow. (sighs) But here's something else. Here's what the Lord does. I mean, see... The devil is the devil, the devil's a liar, we know that. Here is what Jesus does. You know what what Jesus does? Jesus comes into our lives, and he takes over, he's sovereign, he is Lord, and the Holy Spirit of God, right, places within the depths of our being, I'm talking to believers, a device I call the Krasar. If you're a Christian, you might not know this, but you got a Krasar. I do too. I got a crazar. What's a crazar? A crazar is a device of discernment. Oh. Given to us by the Holy Spirit of God. And you got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. You got different levels of craziness. Most of us, those of us who are good crazy, we need to be uh, from a one, two, or three. And I admit to you, I'm, I'm usually a, a, a two to three, sometimes a 3.5 to a four. I mean, I, I can go crazy. That's good crazy. Now, crazy, crazy, uh-oh, would be here. A six to a 10. Whoa. You talk to someone, you meet someone, that crazy meter goes, da whoa, that's a warning from the Holy Spirit of God. The is going off, ah! I'm getting ready to do this business deal with this person, run, I'm getting ready to ask this person out for a date, don't do it, I'm beginning to play for this person on the team, no! I'm beginning to hang out, no! That's your Krasar, that's the Holy Spirit of God. So the is gonna go off, But if you're always hanging around the crazies, your your, your crazar would be totally whack. How do you use the crazar? How do you know if someone is whack, loco, if their elevator doesn't go to the top floor? We're going to talk about that in this series. But you know what? When, when When I think about crazy people in the Bible, and there's so many of them. Adam and Eve went crazy when they took the bite out of the apple. Remember Esau and Jacob? Esau ate the crazy stew. Cain and Abel, man, Cain was crazy. Jonah, he went crazy. Jumped on the crazy train away from Nineveh. Absalom, David's son, he he went crazy. Solomon went crazy after the foreign women, he went went crazy. Ananias and Sapphira over in the New Testament, oh, they went slap-dab crazy. Sold a tract of land. They wanted to get in on the New Testament church and lied about how much money they would made. <laughs> they were pew, struck dead. Crazy, crazy pill. Crazy. But there's one guy I want to talk about today who was definitely crazy. He was insane. You might have heard of him before. His name was, well, his name is on the all-name team. His name is Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar is found in the Old Testament book of Daniel. Nebuchadnezzar. As you think about history, the number one king in Babylon. And and, and here's a quick cliff note on his life. Nebuchadnezzar was on the ride of pride. What? did you hear what I said? (laughs) Nebuchadnezzar was on the ride of pride. That is the marker, the linchpin of pride going crazy, the ride of pride. Because when we kick God off of his throne, the second place God takes his place, and that's man. And, and man is not made to be worshiped. So when we do that, we're on the ride of pride. So you show me someone who is prideful, and I'll show you somebody who is insane. Well, Nebuchadnezzar built this big honking statue most theologians believe, of himself. And Nebuchadnezzar basically said, hey, when the music starts, you better hit your knees. If you don't, Nebuchadnezzar said, I'm going to throw you into the fiery furnace. Now, prior to this, Nebuchadnezzar had taken over Jerusalem, had brought back the best and the brightest with him. I'm talking about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the three asbestos boys, the three faithful firemen, He brought back Daniel. You've heard of Daniel. Well, the music starts. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they don't bow the knee. You know what Nebuchadnezzar does? He tosses these guys into the fiery furnace. They emerge unscathed. Daniel, I think, was on a business trip out of town. We're not sure where he was at this time. So here's what Nebuchadnezzar did. This guy was crazy. He goes, oh, wow. Let's all give it up for the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and Daniel. Man, that's awesome. If you speak, Nebuchadnezzar said, against the God that delivered them from the fiery furnace, I'll tear you into pieces and I'll burn your house down. So you could tell he was jacked up, man. Well, the plot clots because Nebuchadnezzar has this funky dream. Daniel is next to him. He's his man, and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, he's appointed them to great positions and all of that. And He has this dream, and he dreams basically of a big old tree, and, and he dreams the tree is chopped down into a stump, and, and he dreams that everyone before the tree was chopped down into a stump could see the tree. The tree gave life to everybody, but when it was cut down, bad things happened. In this dream, he heard a voice that said, hey, Nebuchadnezzar, uh, you're gonna be, taken out into the wilderness, and you'll become like an ox, and everything will be stripped from you. So he wakes up, and he's like crying, and like, well, oh, I had this dream. Oh, it scared me. Daniel walks in. Hey, Nebuchadnezzar, and I'm giving you the cliff notes here, Daniel chapter 4. He goes, Nebuchadnezzar, I hate to break this, this bad news to you, but, you know, you are the tree, my brother, and, and because of your pride, you're going to be driven out like an animal. You're going to live by yourself in isolation. Let me stop. Did you hear that? You got the idol, self-worship. Nebuchadnezzar was into Nebuchadnezzar, right? It's like Terrell Owens, I love me some me. I love that. That's what Nebuchadnezzar said. I love me some me. Idol worship. Then from there, it led to isolation. That's what Daniel is telling him. And and, and then from there, we see Nebuchadnezzar is going to go insane. So Daniel goes, Nebuchadnezzar, I wish this this was happening to your enemies, but my brother, it's going to happen to you. A tree was chopped down to a stump. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, I'm stumped. Just say that, just just say that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I'm gonna come back to that in a second. Well, here's the grace of God. Here's the grace of God. Here's what Daniel said. Daniel chapter four, verse 27. O king, be pleased to accept my advice and my words. Renounce your sins by doing what's right and your wickedness by being kind to the oppressed It may be that then your prosperity will continue. Now, now this is awesome, isn't it? God is giving Nebuchadnezzar a chance. Nebuchadnezzar is living for self, the right of pride. It's all about Nebuchadnezzar, and and, and he is is going flat out crazy. He's worshiping him. He's sovereignly ruling over a universe called Nebuchadnezzar. And and Daniel says, hey, your dream is is foreshadowing what's going to happen to you, Nebuchadnezzar, but... You've got a chance, Nebuchadnezzar, to come clean. Isn't that awesome? You've got a chance to confess your sins. You've got a chance to walk through the open door of grace and mercy. You have a chance to get it right. Now, what do you think Nebuchadnezzar did? Well, before I answer that question, I've asked myself this question before. I've said, well, I wonder how many opportunities people have to get their lives right with the Lord. Have you ever thought that before? And a lot of times people will say, oh, people can become believers anytime they want. People can, can repent anytime they want. And that sounds good and fine and positive and yay, 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 but that's not biblical. I came across a verse that scared the hell out of me, literally, it should scare the hell out of you too. Luke chapter 13, verse 25 Because this verse says, you cannot get it right anytime you want to. It says you cannot become a believer anytime you want to. Check this out. Luke 13, 25. Once the owner of the house gets up and closes the door, you will stand outside knocking and pleading, Sir, open the door for us. But he'll answer, I don't know you or where you came from. Do we have any Nebuchadnezzars in the house? Do we have any people who are worshiping themselves? Yeah, you've not made the statement, hey, I'm sovereign in God, you're not, but you made the statement with your life, I'm here to warn you. And this voice of God is called the basqual in the original language. I'm here to warn you, to help you, to to say, hey, the the door of opportunity is open for you to walk through and change your life by the power of God. What's holding you back? What's keeping you from it? You make yourself an idol, it's going to lead to isolation. You'll become like an animal. And then you're going to go insane. you know anybody who's insane? Again, I'm not talking about mental illness. No, no, no. I'm talking about, do you know anybody who's insane? Who just sees everything revolving around themselves? Self is not sufficient. Self is not made to be worshipped. Self-worship will lead to destruction and devastation. And what's so sad is Nebuchadnezzar didn't walk through the door. Daniel gave him a chance. Daniel gave him advice. I think about a family that I've talked to for years and years and years. I have told them everything I know from this book about living for God. I've given them opportunity after opportunity. I've seen them shed tears, yet they're still living like hell today. They worship themselves. They're isolated and insulated, and they're insane. Totally and completely insane. I'm not talking about mentally ill. I'm talking about they are crazy. They're ODing on crazy pills. So what's keeping you from walking through the door? Nebuchadnezzar didn't walk through the door. He had 12 months to walk through the door. He didn't do it. And you talk about on a a ride of pride, check out what he did. After hearing this from Daniel, after putting off walking through the door, after testing the patience of God for all that time and, and let me ask you this: How long did you test the patience of God before you became a follower of Christ? Have you ever thought about that? Have you ever thanked God for his patience in your life? Are you testing his patience now? As the door opens, you're going, "You know what? I'm not, I'm not going to walk through the door. I'm going to roll the dice." I'm, uh, Let's learn from Nebuchadnezzar. Let's learn from him. Check out what Nebuchadnezzar did. He said in verse 30, Daniel 4, is this not the great Babylon I have built as the royal residence? He's walking on the rooftop, sort of like David did. Remember David, right before he sinned with Bathsheba, he was walking on the rooftop going, man, look at me. I'm the man. He should have been out on the battlefield walking on the rooftop, admiring himself, pushing God off the throne saying, you know what? I'm sovereign and look what happened. Wow, Nebuchadnezzar did the same thing. Is this not the great Babylon I have built? Is this not the great company I have built? Is this not the great friendship I have built? Is this not the cool thing I have done? I, 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 me, 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 my, my, my? Is this not the great Babylon I have built as the royal residence by my mighty power and for the glory of my majesty? A renouncement of God is a renouncement of your humanity. A renouncement of God is a renouncement of a humanity. When I say, uh, God, you're not God I am, I've renounced my humanity because I'm made in the image of God And when I say, God, you're sovereign, I discover what it really means to be a human. If I don't, I act like an animal. And it's so interesting to see Nebuchadnezzar, the Bible said, was driven out into the wilderness. He became like an ox. eating grass. The Bible said his his hair grew like the feathers of an eagle. His claws were like like claws on a bird. I mean, his fingernails were like claws on a bird. The guy was all wacky, and for seven years, he lived like an animal. I've got some good news for you. I've said it again, and I've said it again, and again, and again, we're not animals. Say it with me. We're not animals. Animals, but it's so sad to look around the horizon of our world. All these kennel clubs, I mean, gentlemen's clubs, men running around like dogs in the heat. Come on, man, you're not an animal, you're not an ox, your hair is not like the the, the feathers of a bird, your fingernails aren't like the claws, your idol worship. And your isolation will lead to insanity and you'll act like and live like an animal. You're living lower than the way God wants you to live. You're not sovereign. If self-worship worked, our world wouldn't be so messed up. Walk to the door. Walk through the door. Okay, what happens before destruction? I'll tell you. Pride. The ride of pride. I'm God and you're not. Pride goes before destruction. Proverbs 16, 18 says, A haughty spirit before a fall. And check out Daniel 4, 33 and 34. Let me read it. I've told it to you, but let me read it again. Immediately... What had been said about Nebuchadnezzar was fulfilled. He was driven away from people and ate grass like cattle. His body was drenched with the dew of heaven until his hair grew like the feathers of an eagle, his nails like the claws of a bird. That's insanity, isn't it? But look at verse 34. Isn't this awesome? God is so good. Verse 34. You remember the stump? You remember the stump? Uh, why, why, Why wasn't the whole tree uprooted? I'll tell you why. That's the grace of God. A stump was left, roots were left in the ground, and, and Nebuchadnezzar turned and lifted his head and, his, and turned his eyes heavenward and began to repent and follow the Lord, and the stump began to grow again, and it grew into a greater tree than ever before. I think about the biblical bodybuilder Samson. What does Samson do? God said, don't mess around with the ungodly women. He did. He had a haircut in the devil's salon. And the hair was a symbol of his strength. He was captured by the Philistines. His eyes were gouged out. His hair was shaved off. He was bound, and he was doing the work of an animal. Samson, the biblical bodybuilder, what are you doing, man? But Samson lifted His blind eyes toward heaven. Samson repented, and the Bible has something great to say. The Bible says his hair began to grow again. So you might identify with Nebuchadnezzar or or Samson. So at the end of that time, verse 34, I, Nebuchadnezzar, raised my eyes toward heaven, and my sanity was restored. Are you insane? I praised the Most High God. I honored and glorified Him who lives forever. His dominion, this is Nebuchadnezzar now, is an eternal dominion. His kingdom endures from generation to generation. Look at verse 36. At the same time my sanity was restored, my honor and splendor were returned to me for the glory of my kingdom. My advisors and nobles sought me out. Wow. I was restored to my throne and became even, say it with me, greater. <laughs> this is greater than before. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and exalt the glory and glory glorify the king of heaven because everything he does is right and all his ways are just. And those who walk in pride he is able to humble. You're walking in pride? It's just a matter of time before you go insane. Walking in pride? Idle Isolation, insanity. The ride of pride is an ugly ride. The door is open. Walk through the door. Humility says, You're God and I'm not. Pride says, I'm God and you're not. Hypocrisy says, And we're good at this, You're God. And so am I. Walk through the door. Walk through the door of humility. Humble yourself before the mighty hand of God. Honor God. God will honor you. Go crazy for God. Bow before him. Lift your eyes and, and, and your hearts and your bodies toward heaven, and He will take you places you've never dreamed possible. Won't you do that? That's what it means to be crazy for God. Now, two homework assignments, and then we'll, and then we'll go to something else in this service. Two homework assignments. Here's what Jesus said. They asked him in Matthew 22, hey, what's, 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 what are you talking about? And Jesus said two things. Number one, he said, love God with everything. Heart, mind, body, soul. Then he said, love your neighbor as yourself. When I say that God's sovereign and I live like God is sovereign, I'm gonna love him and because I love him, my life is gonna be about others. I nourish myself when I feed others others. So the first thing I want to challenge you to do, serve somewhere in the house. If Fellowship Church is your church, serve in the house. We need you to serve in the house. If you go somewhere else, serve in that house. But commit and serve in the house. Get outside of yourself and you'll see growth and you'll see humility and you'll see the sovereignty of God active in your life. Number two, Bring the tithe to the house. Now, let me say this right quick. We don't need your money. We don't need your money to pay the bills here. So just chill on that. And if you go to another church, don't send your tithe here. Send it there. All right? We don't want it. God doesn't need it. Even if you go somewhere else in a, in a far off place, God is going to bless you so much, and you'll see the sovereignty of God operative in your life when you begin to tithe. Why? Why? Well, I'm going to tell you, if I didn't tithe, I would think it's all about me. I mean, I would, I would struggle more than I do with pride if I did not tithe. Tithing just slaps the pride, not all out of my life, but most of it out of my life. I'm like, Whoa, I can't believe it. <laughs> this is crazy, man. It is crazy. Tithing is crazy. It doesn't make sense. It gives account of its palpitations. You know, but that's good. That's good. But you begin to tithe because tithing is like, okay, God, yeah, I, I profess your God, but now I possess it. And as an act of worship, I bring it. So those are two simple things, yet difficult things, but rewarding things to do to begin to, to, to slap pride upside its ugly head. So that's your homework. Now, next time, I'm going to talk about confronting the crazies in your life because we've all got them. How much time should I spend with them? You know, what do I do? And I'm married to a crazy person. Well, we're going we're to talk about that <laughs> next time, All right.